Hello, everyone. My name is Grace, and welcome to the podcast, The Middle Ground. Over the past two podcast episodes, I have been learning about causes that I am passionate about and exploring these causes from different angles and perspectives. These topics are likely things that I already have strong pre-existing opinions or biases on, and my goal is to learn about the topic more and maybe come to an understanding of the other side of thinking, which is why I have decided to call this podcast The Middle Ground. The topic that I will be focusing on for episode three, the last episode, is the global approach that we are currently taking to handle climate change. I have selected five resources to develop a discussion on this topic. My first resource takes the stance that we are not doing enough in terms of preventative approaches to climate change. And that is an article written by Melissa Denchak and Jeff Turrentine and published by the Natural Resources Defense Council entitled Climate Change, What You Need to Know. My second resource takes the stance that much of the current discussion on climate change is unnecessary and alarmist, and that is a video published by the organization Prager University entitled Climate Change, What's So Alarming? My last three sources will serve to provide some general discussion on the environmental movement as a whole and what makes us humans willing to engage and advocate for a topic as massive as the global environment. These resources include an NPR article written by Ramteen Arably entitled, How Octavia Butler's Sci-Fi Dysphobia Became a Constant in Man's Evolution, an NPR video entitled, What's the Glue That Makes Some Movements Endure?, and an article entitled Smokey Bear, 75 Years of a Brand Icon. I'm going to begin with the source that takes on a more concerned approach about climate change, as this aligns most with my current views. The Natural Resources Defense Council is an organization dedicated to safeguarding the earth, its people, its plant and animals, and the natural systems on which all life depends, And that is a direct quote from its About This Organization page. In the article, I have selected writers at the NRDC make the case that climate change is something we should be concerned about by listing a series of climate change linked phenomena that are currently happening and will continue to be exacerbated in the coming years if human activity remains unchanged. These phenomena include extreme weather, air pollution, human health risks, sea level rise, ocean acidification, and imperiled ecosystems. The article rounds off with a list of resources and recommendations about how the reader can be an advocate for the environment in terms of climate change. As an environmental biology major, I have become well acquainted with these climate impacts in my years at Missouri State, and I honestly don't have much of a significant rhetorical analysis for the way that the information in this article was presented. The authors provide scientific and peer-reviewed sources for every claim that they make, including lots of information from the International Panel on Climate Change, the leading global source on this topic. 
I personally believe sourcing is the absolutely most important aspect an article about science can have, and this article did a great job of it. There wasn't necessarily a lot of convincing or strategies to win the, uh, win the reader over in this article. It was simply the presentation of facts. What we currently know about the changing climate was clearly and concisely presented in a way that is difficult to argue unless you want to question the very foundation of scientific methodology that we use and have used for years. My second source, the Prager University video, Climate Change, What's So Alarming, takes a similar approach but opposite stance to my first source. The creators of this video also cite a variety of scientific sources, but they instead make the claim that while climate change is occurring, it is not as significant of a threat as we are being led to believe. I would like to draw attention to a particular quote in this video because I thought that it was interesting. And that quote is, if we want to help the world's poor who are the most threatened by natural disasters, it's less about cutting carbon emissions than pulling them out of poverty, end quote. This is kind of the thesis of this video. And the video creator makes the argument that helping and developing countries economically will do more to help those populations than reducing changes in our climate. I do not disagree with the video creator here in that I too believe we need to support and aid developing countries, particularly those impacted by natural disasters. But I think the video creator has a short-sighted view on this topic in multiple respects. For one, aiding developing countries uh, or economies does not necessarily help our animals and our ecosystems that are also being severely damaged by climate change. And taking a strictly anthropocentric view on the environment has never done us any favors in the long run. Additionally, there is only so much we can do in terms of economic development and aid in a drastically changing climate. There are entire regions of the world, primarily where developing countries reside, that will become entirely uninhabitable given time. Furthermore, this video was only able to provide a handful of scientific sources in its defense, and none of these sources had links to the original peer-reviewed articles. I would like to clarify that I also believe that fear-mongering is not necessarily the best approach to tackling climate change, However, statistics are statistics, and the creator of this video were unable to back theirs up. For the second part of this episode, I would like to focus on my last three sources, which serve to simply provide some general discussion on the human relationship with environmentalism and what inspires us to make change. I'm going to start with the NPR article, How Octavia Butler's Sci-Fi Dystopia Became a Constant in Man's Evolution. This article discusses the book Parable of the Sower, written by Octavia Butler, which follows the story of a young girl living in dystopian 2024, where climate change has come to a climax, resources are scarce, and biodiversity has collapsed. 
The author of the article makes the case that Butler's novel is all about humanity and our capacity to change for the reason that we simply care for one another and our environment. The article states that, quote, Butler's novel was not just a warning, but an invitation. It invites us to let go of the conventions that lock us into a destructive future and to embrace our greatest power, change, end quote. This willingness to change based entirely upon compassion is also reflected in the article, Smokey Bear, 75 Years, a Brand Icon. For those listening who are not familiar, Smokey Bear was a real bear that was rescued as a cub from a massive wildfire in the 1950s. Smokey Bear quickly became a national icon and the face of the campaign I'm sure we're all familiar with, only you can prevent forest fires. This article discusses how effective Smokey Bear was at inciting change. People saw this bear cub, they identified with him, they felt empathy for him and his lost mother, and it inspired change. It encouraged people to go out of their way to care for our environment in a way they had not considered before. And that is what the climate change movement is all about, advocating on the basis of compassion for one another, for animals, and for the environment that we rely upon. I would like to conclude this episode by discussing my final source, a video interview of the environmentalist and activist Naomi Klein, revolving around her views on how activist movements have changed and how we can get back to the roots of effective advocacy in a modern world that is often gridlocked in political opinion. She makes the argument that activists of the past have focused not necessarily on the fear of a dystopian future ahead of us, but on an idealized future that we can obtain if we are willing to change. I think her point is that we should rephrase our stance a little bit. Instead of saying, this terrible thing is going to happen, what can we do to prevent it? We should say, This is the kind of compassionate and equitable world that we want and need to live in. How should we get there? So to the listeners of this episode, I would like to ask you a few questions. What kind of world would you like to live in? How would you like humanity to embody compassion and responsibility as we move forward? And what can we do to create that world, not only for ourselves, but for our environment? Thank you for listening. I hope this episode has encouraged you to turn to science and compassion-based activism surrounding our changing climate. And hopefully we can be the generation that creates a better world for the future.